Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Sherry Bustos is uh, no longer going to be the congressperson from the 17th District, setting up a contest between Democrat Eric Sorensen and Republican Esther Joy King, who will be running in the general election for Illinois' 17th congressional seat. The 17th district is kind of sort of the western edge of uh, Illinois, kind of a long, skinny uh, district that runs along the western edge. It is every seat. Now, I was going to say this is important, but every seat in Congress this election is important. The 17th district is an important seat, and we are now going to be talking to the Democrat who is going to be taking that seat. Eric Sorensen joins us. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the 17th district, kind of long and skinny, and who are who are the voters who live there? Yeah, so this district begins up around the Rockford area, then goes southwest to the Illinois side of the Quad Cities, includes all of our, most of Peoria, and then into the Bloomington Normal area, uh, including McLean County. So it is the larger cities outside of Chicagoland in the northern half of the state. Tell me about the demographics of the 17th. Yeah, I mean, this is a, it is a, you know, it used to be a, you know, democratic stronghold for us. You know, we've got working blue collar, um, um, labor here and, uh, the labor force is strong, especially around Peoria and, and the Quad Cities and Rockford. Um, but as of recently, um, we've seen, uh, a lot of these voters, uh, turn away from the Democratic Party and it's time that we bring them back. And we're going to bring them back here because they're going to have a, a Democrat who's running here in this seat. Um, who was born and raised here. Um, I was born in Rockford. I was raised here. My parents were, uh, they met in Peoria. Uh, but more importantly, uh, for the past 20 years, I was the meteorologist on television um, at NBC <laughs> in Rockford and ABC in the Quad Cities. And it wasn't just that, Joe, no, people know my name. Like, they know your name for being a, a journalist, um, you know, for so many years. But but it's the fact that, that we are able to talk truth and for me as a meteorologist, it was being able to not just give the forecast, but to be able to explain why it was going to rain, to be able to explain why it was going to change over to snow, or to be one of the first meteorologists in the country to start talking about climate change. I did that 15 years ago in Rockford, um, and I brought the science to the people of our viewing audience, um, not with the perspective that I was going to increase our, our viewership, it was because I needed to make sure, Joan, that as I'm talking truth to science and climate, that it was essential to me. Number one, it was my home. And number two, I didn't want to have uh, my children or my grandchildren someday say, well, dad, grandpa, you were the meteorologist on TV. You knew the climate was changing. You knew that we were causing it. Why didn't you say something? And mm-hmm. that's the reason why 15 years ago, I decided to start talking about it. And you know what? We had farmers. And uh, I did a, a climate talk in a dairy barn once. And it was, it was phenomenal because I had to raise my voice over the moos of the cows. Um, but also, when we won our Democratic primary here, and it was a six-way Democratic primary on June 28th, where did we pull the 15-point margin? It was from the people of the far rural parts of western Illinois. They voted for the, the climate change communicator on television because they're the ones that lo- – their livelihoods are changing 
And they're looking for answers, and they're not finding it in the Republican Party. They're finding it in the Democratic Party. And we've got to make sure we bring them uh, to the polls on November 8th. You've made no secret of your sexual orientation, that you are a gay man. You even talk about how um, how things went south for you in one of your first uh, one of your earlier television jobs in Texas. Um, first of all, I'd like you to tell the listeners what happened to you in that situation and whether or not you feel it enters into the race today. Uh, I was growing up in, in Rockford, Illinois. It was a great place to grow up. And when I graduated from Northern Illinois University and my dad and my mom sat me down and they said, Eric, your first job's going to be in, in Tyler, Texas. It's a lot different down there than it is here. We want you to be careful. Um, I didn't know that in 2003, uh, when my contract was coming due, that my bosses would have my contract laid out on the boardroom table and have that morals clause highlighted. And they said, we can't have a homosexual meteorologist on ABC7 in Tyler, Texas. What was I supposed to do? I mean, this was my first foray into um, my life as a meteorologist, what I wanted to do when I was a kid. And I was worried as a kid growing up that I wasn't going to be able to be the, the weatherman on TV because I was growing up different. Um, and so I had to make that choice, Joan. It was really hard to be able to be a, you know, a 25-year-old and to, to say, you know what, um, my job was more important than who I was. Um, uh-huh. But I'll tell you what, within a couple of months, I got that call from the news director at NBC in Rockford. And she said, Eric, I can't pay you very well, but I want <laughs> you to come here and do mornings for us. And, and I took a $12,000 pay cut to move to my hometown of Rockford, Illinois, and it was the best decision I ever made because everyone there celebrated and they welcomed me home. And and I felt the same way when I worked for Rockford for 11 years, and then I've been in the Quad Cities for eight years since. It has been nothing but support. And what's going to happen on November 8th is the state of Illinois has the opportunity here to elect its very first out LGBTQ member of Congress, and it's going to happen in Western Illinois, in Illinois 17. I think it's really interesting what you were saying earlier about how in the primary a lot of your support came from rural areas because, you know, we tend to think, oh, you know, forget it. You know, Democrats are going to have their work cut out for them getting any votes from rural areas uh, because they seem so conservative. What do you think was the difference for you? Um, I, I really think it's the trust factor. Um, it's the fact that, you know, these these people, they, they have said for years, you know, we can't trust anybody to tell us um, the science of climate change, but we can trust Eric Sorensen. Um, and and now, Joan, it's, it's about looking at, at the people of Western Illinois. We, we just got polling back that shows that more than 70 percent of Illinois 17 is pro-choice. And when you look, that's not just Democrats. That's Democrats, Republicans, and independents all together, 70 plus percent. And so we will be running on this. We will be winning on this, especially considering uh, I'm up against a, a MAGA Republican, um, mm-hmm. Esther Joy King, um, who is going to be dangerous uh, as, as we get closer and closer to no- November 8th. And she, she adds up votes because she's not only dangerous when it comes to abortion rights. Um, she's dangerous when it comes to climate. She's dangerous when it comes to health care. Um, and so we as Democrats have got to be able to push back and fight for this seat.
I want to talk to you more about that because I know that um, because Sherry is is leaving and it has been a close of uh, closely fought race before. There are some people who believe that the Republicans are really going to be funneling a lot of money in this race because they think it's a seat they can flip. I'm talking to Eric Sorensen, who is running on the Democratic ticket to be Illinois' new congressperson from the 17th District. We're going to continue our talk right after this. Take Jonas Esposito, live, local, and progressive, with you on the go by using the TuneIn app on your phone. Just search for WCPT. 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is Joan Esposito, live, local, and progressive on WCPT 820. Eric Sorensen is in a close race for the congressional seat that Sherry Bustos has decided not to run for again. He is on the Democratic side. Uh, Esther Joy King is on the Republican side, and by all accounts, uh, the Republicans are pouring a lot of money into this race, which they think is uh, perhaps a seat they can flip to them as the area has become more conservative over time. Eric has a little bit of an advantage in that because he's been on television as the weatherman. A lot of people know who he is. A lot of people know his name. But, you know, Eric, I've known over the course of my many years in journalism, there have been other times when either anchors or weather people, anybody on television was um, recruited to run for office. The thinking being they're already well-liked. They already have a following. They already have name recognition. But it hasn't always worked out at the ballot box. Why do you think this will be different? Uh, I think that's a great question. I think this is different because what we're seeing and, and what I hear when I go and knock on doors is people this year are looking for, uh, you know, they're looking for somebody that, that they can trust. They're looking for someone who's going to stand up for them. Um, and they look for someone that, that is going to pay attention. Um, you know, for, for so many years, some of the people out here, they hear, uh, they say that, um, you know, Washington is so far away. Um, and so they need somebody that's going to be a communicator. In fact, a, a great story. I was walking through uh, the Jewel. This was back um, uh, probably in April. And a, a lady gave me a tap on the shoulder. And she said, Eric, I really miss how you used to tell us how the weather works uh, on Channel 8. <laughs> and, and I said, oh, thank you. And she said, now, Eric, when you get to Congress, you're going to have to explain to us how, how Congress works for us. Aww, <laughs> and, that's wonderful. It was wonderful. And Joan, I, I stopped for a moment. I was in the produce section. I stopped for a moment and I looked around and I thought to myself, what is she telling me? She's telling me that she wants a communicator. She wants somebody to tell her how it works. She wants somebody to say, we're fighting for you. We're fighting to make your life better. And that's what I want to do. And that's why it's so different here. I don't know why my, my career in, in meteorology uh, kept me in, in Rockford and Moline, Illinois, so long. I can't tell you the reason why both of those two cities are in the same congressional district where I'm running. Um, I can't tell you why the farmers here have, have latched on to the climate communicator. Um, but we really have an opportunity here today uh, to be able to, to say a lot 
to say as as Illinoisans, as Chicagoans, to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to support this Eric Sorensen in Illinois 17 because he's going to fight uh, for good jobs and union jobs. Um, And he's going to be the climate communicator um, that we need. Um, You know, in that worst case scenario, if we don't um, manage to keep our Democratic majority in Congress, um, we better make sure that we've got a climate communicator that has spent 22 years on television to be able to tell it like it is, uh, because we're going to need to make sure that we're making the right decisions, not just for today, but for our kids and our grandkids and the the future generations that are going to rely on us to be able to do that. And along those lines, for those of you listening uh, in our uh, Rock Island, Quincy, Galesburg, Moline area, if you would like to help Eric Sorensen, I have just tweeted out some links. You can find out more about him. You can find out more about his campaign. Maybe you can do some work that'll help make the difference in this area. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting district because you do have towns and yet you also have rural areas. So it's not like somebody who wants to represent an area that's up by the city of Chicago where pretty much an urban mindset will get you through. You really kind of have to straddle two worlds, don't you, Eric? We do. And, you know, when we're talking about Bloomington Normal and Peoria and the Quad Cities and Rockford, um, there are so many towns in between. And what we've got to do to succeed and to keep this seat blue is we've got to communicate. And that's where your listeners who are passionate have to get involved. Go to ericforillinois.com um, because every every little bit helps. And, and we're, we've got 10,000 um, different donors. So this is really built from the ground up by the people who want to see the change and they want to see somebody who is uh, uh, that non-politician that's going to stand up on the right side uh, on the right side of, uh, of the future to be able to stand up for women's rights and for workers' rights and health care and so many different things. And we're really going to be um, successful when we're, uh, when we're banding together. I really believe, Joan, that the, uh, uh, that the wind is at our backs. Um, but it's only well, you obviously the work of everybody with the work that you've done coming to this race. Obviously, you know a lot about and feel very deeply about the idea of uh, the climate crisis we find ourselves in. What would you say after that are the issues that you're really most passionate about? Yeah, I, I am most passionate about, um, uh, obviously it's, uh, it's making sure that the cost of goods go down. But, but I tell you what, when we were uh, surveying people in this district, um, abortion and rights, we've got to be able to stand up for rights. And, and if we don't stand up for rights, and I'm talking about even my own rights, my rights to be able to marry my partner, Sean, um, it could be on the chopping block. The Republicans mm-hmm. have already shown that, that yep. these are things that they want to come after. They want to come yep. after um, our, you know, the fact contraception and I, you know, in vitro fertilization. We cannot let that happen. And it's not just as Democrats. We as Americans can't let that happen. This is worth fighting for. And if we don't fight as hard as we can today, I don't know what's going to happen, Joe. I don't, and that's that really scares me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like radio hyperbole to say, you know, we're at an inflection point. This is, you know, such an important election. But I have had guests, guests from politics, guests from academia Mm -hmm. say that we are really 
one or two elections away from losing the country that we have known and loved forever. It is it is so important that people support the candidates that want to make our lives better rather than those who want to make our lives smaller. Um, I mean, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Clarence Thomas, in his side letter, when Roe v. Wade was kicked to the curb, he came out and said, and oh, by the way, you know, that decision we made the uh, that supported gay marriage, yeah, that was probably bad, too. Maybe we ought to rethink that. I'm, I don't want to live in that world, Eric. I do not want to live in that world. I'm with you. I'm with you. And, you know, and we've got to make, you know, I, I feel like, um, you know, the, the next Congress is going to have a lot of work to do. Um, there's no question about it. Uh, to be able to codify um, abortion rights. Um, the next Congress is going to do that. Now, when we look at where we are today and how we're going, uh, we've got to make sure that we keep our Democratic control of the House of Representatives. It's looking a lot better for the Senate. Now we need to focus on the House so that mm-hmm. we can make sure that these bills that will solidify our rights, they make it out of the House to the Senate, and we have a Democratic president that's going to sign these. Um, and it is so important that we do that today because the next two years and the next Congress, uh, like you said, it's going to be the most important, you know, and, and, and I think it's, you know, uh, it, I hear it a lot where we, where we talk about, you know, this election is the most important election of our mm-hmm. lifetime. But when we look at what is at stake in this election, it's making sure that if we can make a difference, we have to. And we can make a difference. In Illinois 17, our polling is 50-50 today. And so all it means is when we get our communication out, we've got a story here. We got the born, we got the kid that was born in Rockford, raised in Rockford, and was the weatherman for 20 years. You know, we've got the story to tell. We just have to have the means to do it. And that's where donors to the campaign mean so much, because that's how we're going to take out this MAGA Republican and say, no, you can't take this seat in Illinois. Since COVID has let up a little bit, are you, have you been able to return to in-person events? Yes, we've had some really great events. In fact, um, I was able to, to take the stage um, with Governor Pritzker um, in several of the events that we've had uh, out here in the western part of the state um, and also be able to put together more in-person events. And, and, uh, and luckily, we, you know, we do a lot of these outside, Joan. And, and I don't know for how long I can take credit when there's, when there's good weather at our events, <laughs> being the meteorologist. But uh, I try to do that as much as I can when we're able <laughs> What do you think if you have a weakness or if there is um, something that is standing in your way, what would that be? What do you have to overcome? What do you have to fight against? I think the challenge here, Joan, is this. um, It's the fact that um, that Republicans will just throw their money at things. They'll try to buy things. Um, they're trying to buy this seat. Um, in fact, um, you know, when I'm able to talk with the, the voters here in Western Illinois, uh, when they're struggling through high gas prices, I can point to the fact that my opponent, Esther Joy King, has taken so much oil and gas money uh, that, you know, what? As, as people are struggling to pay that gallon of gas, you know what? They're making a donation to Esther Joy King in this race. Whereas I'm not taking corporate money. I'm not taking that. You know, this is built upon the people that want to make a difference. 
And you know what? We are going to be competitive. We are on television this week. We are making our case uh, because it is worth fighting for. And I hear that over and over and over again, even on the Labor Day. I did two Labor Day parades yesterday and the cheers and the crowd for the people that actually believe in our movement. Um, it's it really, really allows me to get up early and then stay up late the next day. And we're not going to stop until the day after the election. Well, Eric, I wish you all the best. As I said, uh, folks, I've tweeted out some information about you can, uh, links where you can find more information about Eric, more information about his campaign and how to support his candidacy. Eric, I think that um, I think that I'm talking to the next congressperson from the 17th district. and I want to congr- be the first to congratulate you. Well, thank you so much. It is, it's an honor to be on your show. And from someone that uh, has followed your career, um, I really thank you uh, for speaking the truth. Um, and the truth goes a long way. And I, I'm just honored to be on your show, Joe. Well, that's very kind of you. Eric Sorensen, next congressperson from the 17th District. We are going to take a break. We're going to be back with more right after this. There's no excuse to miss Joan Esposito. It's number one on my stereo. Live, local, and progressive. You can listen to her daily at WCPT820.com on your computer or phone. 